Hello everybody, Kent here, uh, stepping in for just a moment before we begin this brand new season of Red Death to talk a little bit about some changes that are coming up on the show a few episodes down the line. Um, with the recent news uh, with Wizards of the Coast and their treatment of marginalized folks within their company, we decided to change systems. Uh, we have been running Red Death with Dungeons and Dragons 5e since the beginning. Uh, but now, we, after some discussion and thought, we as a cast fully decided that we are going to switch systems. We had already recorded a few episodes of this fourth season, so the next handful of episodes are going to still be using those 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons rules, but then we are going to be transitioning over to a, a modified version of Tim and Kristen Devine's dice-up system, which was used for the North Sea epilogues. Uh, so we're, we'll be using that. We're going to do almost a whole episode on converting our characters and going over how the system works. But again, that's going to be a few few episodes down the road. So, But I did want to pop in just to say that and just to make it clear that the entire cast uh, stands with marginalized creators. We believe that workplaces should should treat their all their employees fairly and equally. And we, we will always stand behind that. In case you are not aware of everything that happened, we will have some links uh, one to a tour article that kind of covered everything as it happened when it happened uh, back a few months ago. But if you need to read up on that, it, we have a link in the show notes. But now let's get on to season four of The Red Death. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers have thus far foiled its plans, most recently stopping the Red Death from taking control of Agnes Hahn. But the Red Death remains undaunted. Our four heroes have the evil's full attention, especially Agnes. As Boston descends into panic, can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. Okay, so we could do introductions. Um... Yeah, so introduce yourself, who you usually play, and who you're playing for now. Okay. I'm Kent, and normally I play James Wilcox, a laborer from Boston, but uh, this time around I am playing Ignacia, our healer, cleric. I don't what, what's what's the official thing? Metaphysician. Metaphysician. Yeah, that was mystic physician. Hold on, mystic physician. I think it's based off the metaphysician in the that rule book. I thought it was mystic physician. Hold on, I keep writing mystic physician. It was definitely <laughs> metaphysician. <laughs> Let me just look it up real quick. <laughs> Ignacia makes the owies go away. <laughs> uh, oh, I have too many. Oh, are there two? Are they the same? Are there different classes? And I'm getting them confused. They're different classes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, because I think you're. I think you're. Met, I think you're the. <laughs> oh, metaphysician. I'm the metaphysician. Yes. This is you're, a great start. You're the totally not a bard. Yep. <laughs> I don't sing. 
Yeah, I'm Mystic Position. I just pulled it up. I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're not because we would have very close, like, <laughs> <laughs> For our next podcast, everyone plays a barbarian. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think I got mine. So, Cleo, you can go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I am Cleo, and I play Agnes Han normally, but now I'm playing Agnes uh, wearing James's body. <laughs> God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> I like it. It's probably a little long in the arms. <laughs> Hello, I'm Tim. Uh, I normally play Finn, uh, the gunslinger, but today I'm going to be playing Finn in uh, trapped in Agnes Han's body. And I'm Morgan. I typically play Ignacia Del Rio, but today I'll be playing Sawyer slash Finn. Let's see how this goes. And I'm Doug. Uh, I'm still playing everyone else. But trapped in someone else's body. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you who's trapped in whose body. That would that would be spoilers, darling. A note of clarity for everyone listening, uh, and also for the players. When I talk to a character, uh, so if I say, you know, Finn, what do you do? Um, I'm talking to Morgan. This is not going to be confusing at all. <laughs> Yeah. So you're talking to our bodies, not our minds. Correct. I'm talking to the That's bodies. That's why I drew it out. To the minds. Yep. My little uh, diagram. Okay, so you've just come out uh, and realized that you are in different bodies. You look at each other, look at your body outside of it, seeing it in this direction for the first time, since normally when you see it in a mirror, it's reversed. And so... As you look around at your mismatched bodies, standing with you is a very confused Beatrice who's sort of staring numbly from one of you to the next with that sort of like, what just happened? Did that just happen? Look, Charlotte Hahn and Teresa O'Neill. Real quick, when we speak, are we trying to impersonate the other person or are we, how do you, how do you want us to speak in character for the recording? So I actually thought about this for way longer than I think a person should. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, it, so in terms of impersonation, that's totally up to you, what you want to do. But it occurred to me that if you body swapped with somebody with an accent, you wouldn't speak in the accent because the accent has nothing to do with the person's body. It's their, the way they voice certain things. Um, so if we were like really, really voice acting this, like you would be doing an impersonation of your character doing an impersonation of someone else, maybe. Um, so Agnes is going to be from Georgia now. Right. Agnes <laughs> is suddenly from Georgia. Well, I did end it. I think last game kind of doing like a tongue in cheek thing, trying to do Finn's accent. <laughs> so we'll see how that keeps going. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, totally up to you if you want to do that or not. Okay, so we've just come out and realized that we're not in our bodies. I think I, and when I say I, I mean Agnes within James's body, <laughs> turns, uh, I turn to my mother uh, and say, Mother, I think something has gone wrong. And I'm very, my voice cracks like at the end of that because I hear how different it sounds and it's very like, unsettling yeah so she looks at you 
totally baffled and says, Mother? Let me give her an insight roll here. Uh, yeah. So she figures this out immediately. And she says, Oh, Mr. Wilcox, trying to, to lighten the mood after uh, after Charlotte had her little fall a moment ago. And you're all so sweet to have come up. But um, I, I think perhaps, uh, Ms. O'Neill, would you take her downstairs just to have her wait on the steps and um, talk to her father for a second uh, so he can prepare to walk her in? But let him know we'll be down in just a moment. And she sort of exchanges a knowing look with Teresa who catches on immediately. And Beatrice still looks completely dazed and confused. Um, I mean, she's just experienced something that's taking you all some time to process. And she's never experienced anything remotely like any of this before. So she starts like touching the back of her head to see if anything is like a miss back there. Like if she cracked herself on the head or something. And Teresa takes her by the arm and says, yes, yes, there's, there's a deer. There's a deer. And she says, I had the strangest. They were, oh, I really must've hit my head. She said, oh, you did dear. You did. And leads her out of the room. So once they're out, I think Ignacia steps forward and says, well, I guess that solves one, one mystery pointing at James and so then says Agnes then. I think without saying anything, Finn, uh, who's in Agnes's body reaches over to inside the jacket vest pocket of the real Finn and pulls out a flask and just takes a drink. <laughs> and, uh, Ignacia who's in Finn's body just like sort of sort of slaps the hand away like personal boundaries. <laughs> I think that still counts as mine. So Charlotte does one of these and she says, what? So how did this happen? Well, you sent us inside of somebody's head and now we're all mixed up, it seems. This is dreadful. Maybe when we came back from our astral productions, we just didn't land in the right bodies. She says, but there's no reason that that would happen. Uh, everybody give me a quick insight check. When Finn was talking there, uh, James as Ignacia is kind of dumbfounded looking, which is probably not a look that Ignacia has very often as someone who usually understands what's happening is to see just the, the mental image of Finn speaking in like that manner, you know, like understanding things, not like Finn's dumb, but like understanding the magic stuff that's going on. Yeah. Is that a 21? We're using our stats, right? Like We're using, our... yeah. So, uh, Morgan, you would be using Ignacia's mental stats. Okay. And you said insight? Insight, yeah. Three. 16. 10. Okay. Uh, then I will send a quick message to just Cleo. Everybody, while this is happening, everybody just sees Agnes 
re like the Agnes's physical form, just kind of like really uncomfortable in whatever kind of dress get up. Like, is it cinched pretty tight or is yeah, it? You're in a corset. And yeah, that's what I was kind so, of figuring. So as Doug's handling that, I actually did some video research because that's what I do. Um, uh, house of war dresses, or at least house dresses back in the, the late 18th century or the 1890s, was more like it was a camise, a corset, a top layer, and then the dress. So layers and typically corsets though weren't laced to be like how they are for like Renaissance fairs where they're like you can't breathe. It's enough just to hold your body like in a shape. And then with that, there would be padding to actually give you some courage. So uh, there would be like hip padding and butt padding and stuff in a certain like way the the corset sort of covers the breast. So research. So basically <laughs> very uncomfortable and tight fitting armor. Yeah. I want out. <laughs> um, I think that I turn to Agnes's slash my mother. This is so mentally weird. Um, and just say, could I have a, a word with you privately just, just for a moment? She says, yes. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you... And she points to James. Mm -hmm. I am your daughter. Are my daughter. Yes. And you, and she points to James. No, sorry. And she points to Agnes. You are in great need of a drink right now. You have Finn. your flask. It's and, then she, and then she points to Finn and says, and you are. It's Ignacia. And then she points to Ignacia and says, and thus you are Mr. Wilcox. That's correct. Ignacia is looking okay. in a mirror. So she um, shoots James a, a sort of quizzical look and says, we haven't much time. Everything that just happened didn't take long, but people are already wondering why this wedding's delayed. And I, I wouldn't want William to be embarrassed on his big day. Of course, we wouldn't want William to suffer any consequences for what just happened, would we now? No. She says, do you think this was his fault? No, but I feel like his concerns are perhaps maybe the least out of all of ours right now, but all right, let's, let's well, get the wedding going. She says, no, if it's, in, dear, if it's important, Mother, I'm too tall right now. I'm not used to it. I feel unbalanced. Are you two talking alone to the side, or are we all right in this conversation? I feel like you can probably... Agnes is speaking loudly, at least. So. I think she says, if, if it can wait, we ought to wait. But if it cannot wait, it can't. I guess... We are going to have to just get through this wedding as best we can. Uh, Finn, please don't drink too much. We're a lightweight. He's uh, he's just now tilting the flask back, and the last drop is is just falling out of it into his mouth. Oh, and good. It was, it was full. <laughs> Great. 
you um you have a speech to give i think at some point uh there should be notes in your pocket oh oh all right you said this is your brother's fault no i well i wouldn't be surprised if somehow it was but all right uh, as long as we know who to blame oh you're sounding more like me already great you'll have this down pat so i might need some help with this speech though there are some rough notes uh, on a piece of paper tucked away. And can't read. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna need just a, I just, about a that. just a bit more help. Okay, uh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I got it. Just give me the paper. I'll I'll make the speech. Do you say that out loud that you can't read, or do you just like? Oh, he didn't say it. Oh, oh I don't know. Remember, he I just. just I don't know if that's something that James would say out loud or not, or certainly not in the way I said it. <laughs> I think I think everybody so far, unless there's been insight checks that I'm not aware of, is just thinking that he's rather like, you know, unfond of books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't enjoy the library trip. So she says, look, we can sort this out before the reception, but we should get down there. All right. Finn, I mean, Agnes, and she looks at the body of her daughter. Finn's says, not responding. She says, Mr. Finn, Mr. Sawyer, whatever. Yes, present. You, for all intents and purposes, are my daughter. When we walk in, We will walk in arm in arm. You will leave me at my seat. You will go up to the altar where you will tell your your brother that everything is fine. She bumped her head, but it will not be noticeable. Do you understand? Do I have to wear these shoes? Yes. All right. Everyone else, you will just sit. You will be inconspicuous. Nothing will ruin this for my son. We'll just go in and we'll figure this out after the reception. I don't know how this could have happened, but. uh, Is there like a spell? I mean, you put us in Beatrice's head. Can we put like words in Finn's brain? I have plenty of words. Can we put the the right right ones though? The right words in the right order. She says or like or like connect or like connect their brains where something can happen. She said, I'll, I'll talk to Teresa about it, but later, just I think at this point, Sawyer's starting to take the flask from Agnes and put it back in that pocket <laughs> and start like adjusting Agnes, make sure that you know. She's standing like usually how Agnes stands because Ignacio has seen Agnes like walk around and stand and stuff. So Ignacio's trying to help Sawyer's Agnes's positioning and stuff. So she says, the good news is that nothing is expected of any of you except for you. And she points to her daughter's body and says, who is expected to stand up at the front and look nice in your dress, which you do, dear. Sorry. 
turns to James's body and says, which you do, dear. Thank you. Now then. Don't say anything. Understood? Agnes's hand raises. Yes. After the ceremony, we can get drinks. She turns to James's body and says, Dear, how much can you typically drink? Um, well, if you're talking about red wine, then maybe... Uh a glass and a half before it becomes a problem. I think Sawyer pulls out the flask again and just holds it. <laughs> he said he emptied this, right? Mm-hmm. It's not red wine. <laughs> Very brown. Mr. Fitton, how much is, how many drinks are typically in that flask? One. <sighs> like one that I just drank. So I think something that's happening to Agnes's Agnes's body's face right now is that she has like that Asian glow, which happens when we we, we drink. Um, so her her cheeks are like a little bit red and just kind of progressively getting rosier. So Ignacia's hands come up in front of her face. Can I cast like an undrunk spell? Can I cast spells in this body? Undrunk? I am not. I am not at all drunk. I have no idea what you can do. I don't know if... I don't know. Is it worth a shot? Are you able to make someone undrunk? Uh, I guess that would figure out. She turns to Finn's body and says, are are you able to, to cast something to make someone not get drunk after they recklessly drained, I would say about three shots worth of, I assume, cheap whiskey. She opens the zip and is like, yes, it's cheap whiskey. Whoa, whoa, um, wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Well, it's, it's, it's whiskey. Um, I've, no, I've never sobered anybody up before. I think this will be fine. Let me just, I can add some more makeup Possibly to see if we can help out with this. We haven't the time. If if anyone asks, you are flushed with excitement. Me? Yes. All right. My daughter are flushed with excitement. I how I'm trying to do my best to sound like your daughter because I'm going to have to give a speech. I mean, unless I'm doing impersonations. One. She puts her arm through yours and says, why don't the other three of you head down? On the way out, Ignacia leans over to James and says, I'm so glad I'm not in this wedding. (laughs) On the way out, James gives Agnes a very pointed look. I think as we're leaving, uh, Sawyer gives Agnes a, um, a sort of a, you got this look, but it's not that convincing. 
She's like, you got this. Uh. Resisting the urge to grab the hat off your head and put it on. So, so how tall is Ignacia? Uh, I think I said she's like five, five one. Okay, so James is like a full foot and a couple inches taller and makes a mental note of that for the future as 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 he is having to stare up at himself and realizing. Yeah, welcome to the world. How does it feel? <laughs> How does your neck just not always hurt? I have very strong neck muscles. How's all Sawyer? Good question. Six foot. Okay. Oh gosh. I pictured him shorter, but I wrote six foot. So I think uh, so. He's gonna lean over to James and be like, "How are they using this up here?" I don't know, but I hate it. I do too. And I guess we're gonna make our way downstairs to the chapel. Back to our spots. Works for me. I guess we all would have been sitting together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she walks down with her daughter, and Agnes, do you follow the plan as she laid it out, or do you do anything different? Uh, yeah, uh, Finn, as Agnes, is just going to go along and just be be led at this point. Okay. So you get up to the front, and as you do, William sort of leans over uh, and whispers to you, hand over his mouth to sort of shield us from everyone else. What the hell is going on? Everything is fine. She's coming down. And Agnes nods her head. But she's not. She's not having second thoughts. And he slowly, but not super convincingly, not like shakes his head no. Her head no. Is it something I did? Did she say anything? Oh, here comes the shrug. Agnes shrug. Oh dear. And then and then a, a very like friendly, not sibling type <laughs> pat on the on the kind of shoulder, but it's it's like hard. Like like it, it it's with more force than I would imagine either of them are are prepared for. Yeah, he looks he looks confused at you. Um, and you happen to catch out of the corner of your eye uh, Agnes's mother staring daggers into you. And then you hear her voice in your head whispering, stop it. Just don't say anything. And as you look out at her, you see her with her finger sort of along her chin, stroking it like this, but pointing directly at you. As as uh, Agnes or Finn hears that, Agnes says to her brother, "Stop it! Don't say anything." Okay. Okay. And a lighter tap on the back this time. So Ignacia leans over to James, says, "So by now you've probably noticed I could only find one sock this morning." I was wondering what that was about. I did misplace it. I don't know how long ago it's been, I guess, since the museum, since I wore those socks. I was wondering whether this was typical for you or an accident. I wasn't sure if there was a reason for it, so I didn't say anything. Well, we can keep that between us. All right, it'll be our secret. 
I guess Sawyer doesn't hear any of that. <laughs> I do have a passive perception of 20, so like... <laughs> I think Sawyer just sort of like leans past... Because I think it's Sawyer, Agnes... Oh, Sawyer... Oh, shoot. Sawyer, James... Ignacia? Oh, shoot. How is this going to go? I don't know. Who's who now at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I pictured Ignacia in the middle. Okay. I think, yeah, I think Sawyer's going to, like, look at Ignacia and um, James and be like, do we need to get you socks? Why didn't you tell us? Well, I have it. It's just I don't know where it is. I misplaced it after the museum. As he's saying that, the organ swells up and you hear the the wedding march begin. Um, everyone stands. Some of you stand more quickly than you used to with more strength in your legs than you expect. Some of you find it more difficult to stand up than you usually do. But you see Beatrice's father walking her down the aisle. She has this beautiful radiant smile on her face. He walks her up to the front, kisses her, uh, wipes a tear out of his eye, smiles lovingly and warmly at William, and then places her hands in his. So I don't think we need to go through and narrate a whole wedding here, um, especially because that would be very boring because none of you, I assume, are going to do anything during the wedding, right? I feel like I feel like Ignacia, James's Ignacia, is going to try to push a tear out every once in a while because he feels like Ignacia, you know, would would cry and have a little bit of happiness. Just it just seems like what Ignacia do, but he is going to fail every time. I was going to say, give me a deception check. Sure, I'll do it. Um, maybe. Let's see. 12? No. Okay, yeah, fails. No, cry, crying on command is like at least a 20. Like, that's not... <laughs> yeah. Well, on, uh, on occasion, Agassi has this kind of, like, if anybody looking would be like, why is she making that face? And it's James, like, just trying. <laughs> and I think if you look at Agassi and then you look at Sawyer, Sawyer's just, like, straight up tears down yep. the face. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> stoic. So you're just like, just all the tears, just like getting into the mustache and like down the chin. We just got the hanky out and sort of like patting it, but like, it's, it's a hot mess. Uh, would you say that Agnes isn't like a nervous nail chewer or anything? Uh, Agnes or? Agnes. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Then James Agnes would not. Generally. I mean, I was just saying, James would tell you, probably don't want to put those hands in your mouth if he saw you doing it. <laughs> I think Agnes or slash James is kind of like just trying to stay somewhat composed, but it's like looking at the other, like the two of you being like, what are you doing? Is it strange for Agnes to see herself standing up there? Like, what does yeah. that feel like? Uh, terrible, especially because like William is right there. And I know that like anything is going to set him off to like think that I'm weirder. Than he already does. 
I'd imagine that uh, the Agnes that everyone is seeing up up in front is pretty much the same as the Agnes would be. Uh, uh, right now, Finn in Agnes's body is very uncomfortable and fidgety, frustrated and bored and annoyed at everything that's going on around him, her. <laughs> so I don't know if it's like that out of place. <laughs> I feel like Agnes would probably try to like she would be feeling all those things and it would be evident to like the people who know her well, but she would be trying to restrain herself and her like fidgetiness generally. So James is definitely making faces and going like oh my God, under like his breath, like, what are you doing? Trying to loosen up the corset. <laughs> we'll say that this all goes off without a hitch. Um, and unless you have any real strong desire to, um, I think we can zip relatively quickly through the through the reception, if that's okay with everybody, unless you want to play through it. Um, the only thing I would ask is each of you tell me one thing that goes awkwardly wrong during the reception as a result of the body swapping. Uh, Beatrice's father asks Agnes Han to dance. <laughs> and Agnes isn't actually a bad dancer, uh, but leads. So he, as you take the lead, he says, "You." <laughs> one thing that's always impressed me about uh, your family is how uh, how similarly they raised both you and you and William. Um, but, but okay then, and he goes along with it. I think to, to as a, just a quick response to that, I think uh, Finn, as Agnes would say, well, I, I don't think Agnes would like hearing you comparing them like that, but uh, I mean, uh, this is a nice song. <clears throat> and then we keep dancing. So at some point, some random wedding goer finds Ignacia kind of on one knee down in the corner of the room, like touching the wall. And they walk up and Ignacia says, now this is going to give them a lot of trouble. Here in about 20 years, this joint is not secured well and this wall, the structural integrity of this wall is just horrible. They're going to need to get somebody. It's going to be a big job. Someone's going to have to come in. They're going to have to redo this entire wall from here to that corner. And turns around, sees him and goes, uh, it just like runs off. Like, like, excuse me. It walks away. I think that like one of like Beatrice's cousins or something comes up to James and like tries to flirt with him. And James is just kind of like looking for something that thing where you're like looking around the room looking for somebody to get you out of a situation or a conversation but just nobody is like for some reason at this moment nobody is there to rescue him and so he's just kind of like nodding like yes like th thank you for these compliments I I really I have somewhere I need to be to help the family I promise to help family with a task now i think it's time for me to go attend to that but thank you again for your kind words they were very flattering goodbye oh geez okay um i think at one point you see sawyer 
I guess sitting at a table alone drinking, uh, or at least like nursing a cup of something. I don't know what Ignacia would drink versus Sawyer would drink, but um, I think some of the 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 kids come up, and typically Ignacia loves children, so like you see at one point Sawyer's actually chatting with the kids <laughs> and like playing with them. And then I think he's not, he's not letting him play with the guns, is he? Oh no, definitely oh. not. That's safety first. <laughs> they're 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 tucked away and like away. But I think at one point James catches Sawyer and just gives like a what are you doing look. And I think Ignacio just shrugs or James Oh god, who whoever's body I'm in right now just shrugs. <laughs> and and yeah. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think she was just trying to yell them of like tales of the old, like the Wild West, quote unquote. Because Ignacia is from not the West itself, the full West, but she has some, you know, Texas stories that she can tell the kids. I think also there's multiple times where Ignacia is walking out, like, like they're going to go have a cigarette and gets to the door like, Damn it, turns around and just storms back across the room. And Morgan, had Ignacia invited Alex to this or not? No, we, we already discussed it before. He did not come because that relationship was still too new. Okay, okay. Yeah. Tim is very disappointed that that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the short speech that Agnes is expected to give... Charlotte uses the same technique she used before to talk to you at the uh, at the altar to convey information to you while you're giving that speech. Um, would you like to give it? I think, first of all, if you want to help me with this, uh, uh, Doug, how is Agnes's body responding to the amount of liquor? at this point, because that'll probably factor into how the speech goes. The flask was probably about five shots. Oh. Really? That's a big flask. Like a, like a, the kind that fits in an entire pocket of a, of a vest. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you're wrecked. Oh God. So do you want there to not be a speech or do you want it to have been, maybe it could be less. Kent's gone. We'll, we'll tell it, we'll, we'll, We'll say that it was three, three shots. Okay. If you if you want there to be a speech. Yeah, I think. So Thanks, hold on, Dan. hold on one second. And uh, Doug's gonna go drink three shots real quick and tell us how he feels. <laughs> well, I'm actually looking right now. It's a uh, uh, hip flash usually range from one to up to sixty four ounces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the common size are six to eight ounces. That's that's the size I was envisioning. Yeah. Yeah. So six ounces would be okay. That would be four shots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at four shots, pretty affected. Okay. Um, but, but did Agnes like was given wine or anything during the the dinner for the reception at all? Oh, certainly. Um, whether oh that that whether she drank it or not is another story. But no, if anybody tries to give wine and it's sipped it's immediately spit back into the glass and handed back saying i think that's turned 
James is watching like a hawk the entire time. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so you're fairly inebriated, but part of part of being drunk is the mental state of it. Um, and right. this is a state that Finn would be used to. Yes. Um, and used to being in a saloon and having to act in a an unexpected situation, though usually you're acting physically rather than having to speechify. But here you are. Yeah. So I, I, I think, um, so we're all at tables and Agnes is to the, it, it would, would Agnes be on the, on Beatrice's side or William's side during this? You would sort of be in the middle facing the crowd kind of and then looking back at them presumably every once in a while okay so we're not all at the same table mm. okay so yeah Agnes stands up and and shuffles the paper given to them a little bit can't can't really i mean make out what's what what from this paper they're supposed to say and then what's the voice saying in his head or her head it says scratch your nose if you need a lot of help Okay, she says out loud. James holds <laughs> Sawyer's hand right now out of stress. <laughs> I'm just, so, just going to pat it. <laughs> <laughs> and so since you haven't scratched your nose, um, you see Ms. Han out in the audience nod, take her, her finger off of her chin, and look at, expectantly at you. So after a, an awkwardly long moment of Agnes staring at her mom, um, Agnes kind of looks around and realizes two things. Uh, one, there's a lot of people looking at them. Uh, and two, they're a little bit more drunk than they normally are in these situations. And so uh, they say, <clears throat> and, and they're trying to hide their accent as best they can. <clears throat> they say, uh, th those of you who know me uh, know I'm not one for giving speeches. Um, I think everybody's looking very happy today, and they probably should be, because this is supposed to be a happy occasion. And then Agnes looks over at her brother and Beatrice and uh, says, uh, kind of mumbles for a little bit, like trying to kind of gather the words. And then Finn in his own mind thinks back to something else and says, you know, love, love is different for everybody. Some of us don't think it's meant for them at all. Some of them look for it, can't find it. But I, I think, I think, I think it's a lot like a, like breaking a wild stallion. Except in this case, I think, I think love breaks you. Makes you into a better person. And I'm glad to see that those two up there, they've broken each other. Ignacia is nodding because, you know, Stallions is a subject that James is familiar with. It's like, it's a great metaphor. 
I think at that moment, Agnes looks over to James's real body looking for some sort of like, right? Like, this makes sense to you, right? Who's James. in the real James's body? <laughs> James is pale, <laughs> very pale. And also like his grip on Finn's hand is just iron. It's just really, really tight to the point where it might hurt. I think uh, Sawyer's going, uh, <laughs> like a soft, like, ow. <laughs> as as uh, he's just trying to pat his arm to be like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> please, please stop. And I, and I think that, uh, so Agnes in front of everybody is now realizing, okay, there's no reassurance, reassurance from James. I'm, I've gone astray. I need to bring this thing home and end it. And so he looks at the, the couple and uh, he fumbles around the table for a glass to raise, because at this point there's supposed to be some sort of a toast, uh, and grabs a glass of red wine, un- un- you know, accidentally. Brings it up and says, uh, now as the, as the sister of the groom, uh, it's my job to start a toast. And he looks at Agnes's mom with the question and gets the yes, gets the nod. The toast, yeah, the toast. Uh, here's to these two wild stallions. May they find many years of happiness. Everybody drink. And then he drinks, she drinks, and then spits the entire thing on the table in front of them because it's wine and it's just not okay. And that's the end of the toast. Well, give me a Agnes, give me a constitution check on the wine spit. So Cleo, roll roll for Agnes here. Oh, because Khan is a body stat. Four. Oh yeah, that that's a spit take. Um <laughs> and so you see that everyone was sort of like here hearing, and then there's a shocked gasp from the audience. And uh William sort of like James, in what you see as really a very sweet moment, he, as the wine sort of spits out, he pushes, puts his arm out and pushes her back from it because he knows how she would feel if her clothes got stained from this. And uh, Agnes gives you a look of just like, what are you doing? But doesn't say anything. Um, And then raises his glass and says, here, here, thank you, sister. Supportive clapping and like, and all that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the rest of the evening passes as it does. So Ignacia Asfin, one thing you notice here is as you were talking to the children, you were telling like part of the West is tall tales, right? But these kids were hanging on your every word. Um, and so what's an example of sort of an exaggeration that you told them? My go-to as Morgan. Are these things, oh, sorry. I was <laughs> oh. going to say, are these things that you told them that, that you did as Finn? No, I was just going to tell them stories about, oh. um, like, like my Morgan's go-to about the, the wild tales of the Wild West is jackalopes. So she, like, talked to them about jackalopes and how, like, there's these big rabbits with these horns that roam through the deserts and like will fight 
their fight off people who are in their territories and you know just some stories like she like i've seen one before and like i nearly got my leg gorged by one or uh nearly got attacked by one and all that so there's one kid there and as you start talking about jackalopes she chuckles and says that's ridiculous i know there's no such thing as jackalopes that's a myth that's made up but by the end of your story this is far and away the coolest story she has ever heard in her entire life. Yes. She buys into it completely um, and is absolutely on board. Um, it takes you a moment to recognize this kid, um, but you've seen her before. Oh my God, is it the kid from the museum? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she just thinks that this is the coolest thing she's ever seen. What was that kid's name? Do any of y'all remember? Jane. Jane. Oh, yeah. I hope. It's, it's Jane I'm, now. I'm pretty sure it was Jane. Okay. I have too many notes. It's been too long. I don't want to. Okay. And so she runs over to her parents and says, this, this man told me about a jackalope. And I, I know you said that they're not real. And her parents are like, oh, okay, sweetie, you and your stories again. And Oscar's quite proud because she's not really that great of a storyteller. So she's like, huh, I pulled it off. Uh, yeah, you're that great of a storyteller now. Noise. Okay, so the evening ends and the guests start filing out. Uh, what are you all doing? I think just avoiding most people, um, except for our group. You know, try to stick around them as much as possible until the end to see if this is a thing that's going to be resolved here before we go home or if, you know, James is going to have to be prepared to go to wherever Ignacia sleeps. I think James is babysitting Agnes for the rest of the night. I mean, it was a nice speech, wasn't it? It was certainly something. I thought so. How do you drink that stuff? I could ask something similar <laughs> of you and whatever you had in that flask. I will gladly tell you over another glass of what was in that flask. Well, hopefully that glass will be consumed when you are back in your own body. Yeah, speaking of, how do we do that? Do we run at each other real fast? I'm not sure. Let's not do that. All right. Yeah, so um, Detective O'Neill and his sister come over uh, as the guests are starting to file out. Um, and Detective O'Neill says, my sister explained your predicament to me um she could send you back into someone else's mind like like mine and pull you right out but uh i don't i don't know if you'd come out any better off or if you'd just be scrambled up again is he he's saying this to all of bodies. us right now? Yeah, the the four of you have sort of gathered with okay. them 
as the party's really winding down. You know, it's just like people gathering their jackets and stuff like that at this point. So an, an, an inebriated Agnes leans like kind of a little bit too close to the detective and pokes him right in the forehead and says, I do not want to be climbing into the head of any law enforcement officer, if you don't mind, sir. And he she taps him again right on the forehead and then this, leans back. This is right. Well, Agnes, if it's any consolation, I don't especially want any of you in here either. Oh yeah. Well, and then Agnes kind of leans back her, her whole body kind of falls against James and looks up into James's face and says, what's a constellation? I think I just take both hands and put them on Agnes's shoulder and like set her back upright and then looks over to the detective. If we do it enough times, surely we'll have to come back out right at some point. Yes. Teresa thinks for a moment and says, I'm just not sure how many times I can do this today. Smash cut to an hour later, and we're all we're all centaurs. <laughs> <laughs> this suddenly um, is a Cartoon Network show. We're not in the same like genre anymore. Like we've gone to another like realm. Ignacia, give me an insight check. Ignacia's brain, give me an insight check. Yeah, in the brain. Insight. Yes. Twenty-two. Okay. It occurs to you, uh, as he's talking about this, you find yourself instinctively fidgeting with the ring. And it occurs to you that something happened when James made even the slightest contact with the ring. And you don't know if that has to do with his body, but you know that you were able to touch it and nothing happened. It occurs to you that randomly swapping minds and bodies could be a very bad idea. Oh, right. Uh, Ignacio's like, or Sawyer is like, I, I don't think we should do that. There are certain, hmm, elements that may happen if, the a different a wrong person's put into another body not saying this is already not wrong but okay and she just holds up the hand with the ring on it if either agnes's soul or james's soul gets in contact with this i don't know what will happen and being in this body and she like gestures to sawyer and the gun specifically it will not be a good day. I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I believe anything this gentleman says. And Agnes reaches out and takes the hat off of Sawyer's head and puts it on. <laughs> yeah, the O'Neills go ash white. Like, this is the first it's occurred to them that you're wearing this ring. And they go just, t- they totally blanch. You, you detective, you remember giving Sawyer this, or at least having... Wait, no, you knew about this ring, right? He knows about it, yeah. he's What he's blanched about is that someone else's mind is in Finn's body now, still wearing the ring. 
Oh, right. Well, I guess that's meta knowledge. Um, I, I don't, it, so it occurs to you that that might be why they're upset. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we didn't, we didn't tell you. We actually experimented with this ring. What was it? A few, a month ago, a couple months ago. She looks he, to the group. He puts his hands on the side of his, says, Jesus Christ, you experimented with the ring? In a, in a safe What location. the hell is wrong with you? We're, hey, we're trying to figure things don't out. Don't yell at him. Her, don't yell at them. It was in a library. You know? And uh, he points at James, who's Agnes, and says, books. Yes, books. We, we were... It wasn't just the library, but it's, it's a little hard to explain. It... <laughs> Experiments, it's, it's probably not quite as bad as it sounds. It, it takes no insight psychology check to tell that he is furious with all of you right now. Well, if we need to learn this truth somehow, sometimes we have to learn the hard way. He says, the, the hard look, way is becoming another Jack the goddamn Ripper. And That's we the ring stopped that made that the Ripper. And Language we stopped it before detective. it happened. And we stopped before it happened. Now that we know that myself and Sawyer can both carry it, however, James and Agnes cannot, we know who can hold it. We know who has whose ability to keep the power away. But if the bodies did get swapped again, who knows what will happen? And I know you're furious about me trying it out, but we needed to know. Is it so all of you just grab the ring just to see what would happen? Uh, no, it was just we made sure at the ready in a controlled location had to see how it happened. And I didn't actually touch it, just just so everyone knows. Yeah, James didn't touch it. And we were being safe, detective. And we don't just go and then uh, Agnes reaches in and quickly grabs one of the pistols out of the holster. No, nope, quickly slaps it. And, and tries, and tries to, to spin it, to twirl it. <laughs> Do you drop it? Uh, okay, Agnes's body. Give me a dexterity check. Would it be disadvantaged because she's drunk? Uh, yeah, it would. This isn't me rolling, right? This is Correct. Agnes? Okay. Yeah, Cleo's rolling for Agnes. So basically, Agnes's body reaches out and starts and grabs a pistol and tries to spin it. <laughs> yeah, your best is a seven. <laughs> okay, so you don't even get to the grab. Like, you fumble awkwardly. And Finn, what do you do to make Agnes not able to grab those guns from you? Finn has, I, I, Finn's body has very good reflexes. Yeah, I think I think instinctually, just because coming over to grab the the gun, I think it's just going to be like a push the hand gently all the way situation mm -hmm. instead of like a slap. It's just more like, oh, I know she's strong. I'm just gonna redirect the hand. Okay. <laughs> uh, give me a dexterity check, Finn's body. So Tim, give me a dexterity check for Finn. Remember I said we weren't going to be rolling physical stats? Thanks, everybody. Thanks. 16 plus 5. 21. Yeah, so uh, Finn... So tell me about what Finn's body does, Morgan, that makes this look just so smooth and effortless. I think because 
Agnes is coming for the gun. He just sort of takes her hand and pulls it up and just gives her like a twirl. It's like, all right, we're going to just, and then puts like an arm around her shoulder, like, just stay right here. <laughs> so something smooth like that. I don't know. Like, then Agnes does a finger gun at the detective. Yeah, Teresa looks confused, but uh, Detective O'Neill realizes what just happened and like puts his hand to his forehead and just walks off. So Teresa says, I'll do some some research, but I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how this happened. And everybody give me an insight check. That's an eight. Okay. Five. Okay. Also an eight. Okay. Twelve. Okay. Everybody has no reason not to take her at face value. So you mean we'll be like this until further notice? She says, no, I'm... Well, until further notice. I mean, everything's until further notice. But, I, And you can tell she's incredibly flustered, right? Like, this is a problem, a magical problem that she doesn't know how to solve. Um, and she's, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm exceptionally clever. I hope I'll figure something out. You know who else was exceptionally clever? My boyfriend. Well, Agnes's boyfriend, the librarian. Uh, now. She says, uh, sort of gives like a, a hand wave over her shoulder as she walks away to, with a quick step to catch up with her, her brother. Is it just the four of us now left here? Yes. Okay. Um, cool. Um, <clears throat> Wait, Ignacio would not say cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Cool, this, everything's fine. Um, Ignacio's going to look at the group and she's like, I'm at a loss. Should we meet up in the morning? Should we all camp together? I don't know. What should we do? Well, I think maybe we could all at least try to sleep in the same place. I guess maybe going to sleep will fix this. Maybe we'll just wake up back to normal. Agnes's brain, give me an arcana check. I guess I should say Agnes's mind. Your brain is still where it was before. Uh, 16 altogether. Okay. Um, you remember that... Um, with the library, time is very weird. Um, yeah, I think I, at James says, so the thing about the library right now that might be, uh, I don't know, relevant to us for some reason or another is that the time, remember how time didn't quite work, didn't function the way that we're used to? Nope. Yes. All right, well. I, I remember. However, I remember. I, if we do go to the library, can we do it in the morning? So, and I pat Agnes' body gently on the shoulder so we can sober up a bit. 
I'm in favor of any plan that we have right now that includes taking this one and James like kind of like gently shakes Agnes's shoulders uh, somewhere anywhere else. I'm fine. I'm composed and I have not yet begun to defile yourself. Well, let's, let's keep it like that because it's been a night. It's been a day. It's been a, how long has this been? It feels like it's been a whole month like this already. I think it's just been a couple hours and, but I, I do feel the same. This mustache is itchy. I'm too tall. Should we go to James's then or so- Sawyer's? Ugh, that, I meant to get leeching involved. Oh, hmm. Well, I mean, my house, my apartment is pretty small. I mean, we could probably, we could probably make it work. It probably wouldn't be comfortable, but I don't know how comfortable any of us are as it is. Which one of us is going to open the door for the others? I'm confused. I, I think I this. I don't think gender rules at this point matter. <laughs> um, I would like an additional sock if at some point tonight, if that's a possibility. Agnes's body balls up a fist and punches you right in the shoulder. You're welcome. I mean, now in this, you know, in this body, I could probably get under my bed a little easier and see if maybe the sock fell back there. James, you need to keep more better control of your socks. Why do you have one pair of socks? I have one pair of fancy socks. I don't get out much to fancy engagements. I bought all of that for our trip to the museum. and Fair. I, I came home. I just disrobed and just, yeah, it had been a long night. And I just kind of threw stuff. And I guess a sock got, aw- got away. Okay, so... So we're going to James's, then, is that correct? To find a sock. Yes, to find his sock. (laughs) As you're just about to enact this plan, uh, Charlotte comes over to you and she says, why don't the four of you sleep at our house tonight? We have plenty of guest rooms. You'll all be in the same place. Who knows? Maybe a good night's sleep will switch this all around. Agnes leans over to James and says, we could steal you a sock from their house. It's my house too. <sighs> I mean, it's not like William and Beatrice will be there. And I mean, I, I, I guess my main concern is father. Well, before we go, and there's a hope that maybe this will clear up in our, in our sleep. Uh, Ignacia walks over to James and puts a hand out for a handshake. Um, yeah, engaging in, in such a thing. Shakes hands and backs up and says, I've just always wondered what my handshake would feel like. And that's something you cannot actually know about yourself. So I thought I would take the opportunity to learn how James shakes hands. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be able to provide this opportunity for you. But, but the question is, is it your handshake if you're not the one actually controlling it? All right, everyone, <laughs> let's go. It's been a long day. Yes, You've all had a bit too much, I think. The Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yansu Davis 
as Agnes, Tim Divine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Role to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RollToPlayNetwork.com And do join us next time. If you Just FYI, that handshake thing is a thing that resides in my real head. And I wish like Bill Gates or Elon Musk or someone with a lot of money would build a machine that could replicate. You shake its hand and then it could replicate your handshake. Sorry. I'm sure you could talk to the people who make that that arcade game of arm wrestling. With the I just want to know what my handshake is like. Is it good? Is it bad? I just want to know.